Awesome. Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Author News Weekly. We are... I am joined by three of my author buddies, Jim Heskett, Warner, and Nick Thacker, where we dive into some of the, the most interesting news of the week or of recent times, this era, this ep- epoch, let's call it, right? And uh, do a deep dive into some of these things. Overthink it so you don't have to overthink it. And yeah, I don't know. Do, do, I feel like I, I say that every week, but I feel like a lot of times like people really go into this sort of spin cycle on the, these things and really let the, whether any news cycle take them out of the writing groove, but the author news can really make it a new thing. And they're like, oh my gosh, we have to change everything we're doing. When in reality, if, if it bleeds, look, it leads. Yeah. But if you look over those peaks and valleys of like the news, like the people who just kept writing, they're still doing pretty good. Yeah. 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 So maybe we could take the edge off. Maybe we should reframe the tagline to uh, taking the edge off the news. But then no <laughs> one would, the but, news. But then no one would listen. <laughs> Leads it leads. Yeah. I like to think so, the dozen people that listen are here for my edginess and, uh, and questionable humor. Nick loves to edge people. I do. Oh, yeah. I'm like an edgelord. <laughs> I'll never be able to hear that word the same way again. <laughs> anyway, on with the news. Okay. I've never heard that word before, so nothing has changed. I used it correctly. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Okay. okay, so one of the items in the news recently was there was a an author who had a book signing, and I don't think we know her. We may know her now because of the effects of what happened put her in the limelight a little bit. But an author went to a book signing where people had agreed that they were going to come, and instead of the 30 or 40 that I think agreed to come, she got two people to come. And... I'm going to join in solidarity with all those famous authors or even more famous authors that retweeted and commented that like, I've had things where one person showed up and my wife co-author has one where she had a whole workshop set up and nobody showed up. And yeah, so it's, it was tough. It was tough. And so I think the bigger, I've seen people in different author groups talking about how they can use this to their advantage. But I think the bigger takeaway for me was, I don't know, just the, that feeling of solidarity. It was nice to know that other people with much bigger names, with much longer careers, have experienced the same things, and it did not devastate their career. Yeah. Yeah. Starting with an, up, an upper this week. Yeah. I could talk on this. Yeah. It really sucks to talk to an empty room. That's it's terrifying. It's harrowing. Just the fear of being having to talk to an empty room has stopped me from doing things before. But I have I know I've started the Facebook page with zero likes. I've started the Twitter account with zero followers. I've done the YouTube live where zero people were watching live. And it's disheartening. But the thing that I've learned when it comes to that stuff is that there there is no difference between real confidence and fake confidence. 
if you tell yourself you're confident, then you are. It doesn't matter whether you actually are. Believing in confidence is the same thing as being confident. So there's a point where, and I've had to deal with this all my life because I'm a shy person, but I also crave attention. And if you think about that statement more, it gets more confusing the more you think about it. Um, but it's just about jumping over the edge and not, you have to tell yourself that you don't care whether you do or not. You have to tell yourself you don't care that zero people are going to show up. You have to tell yourself that more people are coming later, whether they are or not. And telling yourself those things is almost as good as believing them for real. Yeah, you don't have to, and you don't even have to believe it for very long. You just have to believe it long enough to get there. It's like going to the gym or something like that. You just need to, the effort expenditure phase is the getting to the gym and then you're there. Likewise with author signings and talks. And Do you think these are worth doing? If two people are going to show up? I don't. Dave's been pretty mixed on whether author signings are actually a... If you look at like the results of Chelsea's, this is NPR talking about her turnout, how she tweeted about it to commiserate. And then Neil Kamen got on and I think Pratchett talking about how they've had similar experiences, which obviously helped sell Chelsea's book. Jody Pickle, that's who, yeah, sorry. The same, same thing. And it would be very <laughs> special if he tweeted it. <laughs> that's true. I did Jody Picoult and Terry Pickle all the time. They're the same almost. <clears throat> Margaret Atwood. Like these people tweeted back to her or whatever you call it. I don't even know. Retweeted or whatever. Elon back to her and, uh, and said, we've had the similar experience. Okay. If you get that kind of play from your tweet, then it's going to help your book signing. I just still don't think they're worth it. <laughs> I don't think we should yeah. rely on Like the only reason she sold books wasn't because she did a book signing. It's because she tweeted about a shitty book signing and then she got people to buy her book. I don't think we should rely on that. No. Yeah, it wouldn't have been worth it if 15 people had shown up, probably. The only reason something like this would be worthwhile if you could, if you were trying to network with people at the library somehow, like this could be useful for that. Yeah. If you're like trying to develop a relationship with people at the library and so Net doing stuff library? at a library could be something like that. Ugh. But look on Nick's face. That's wanting to network at people with people who go to Costco at 9 a.m. on Sunday. <laughs> I don't want to be friends with people like you. Hey, well, I'd rather be friendly with the 9 a.m. ones than the two o'clock ones because they weren't smart enough to go at 9 a.m. when it was I think easier. <laughs> this does just bring us back though to don't do things for marketing set your marketing up in a way that you're going to keep doing it if you hate doing book signings they're definitely not worth it they might not be worth it in whatever sense but if it's a way that you love interacting with readers go for it just don't force yourself into trying to do this because it's unsustainable just don't expect yourself to interact with any readers because if no one shows up then <laughs> kind yeah, of defeats and the purpose and this and Neil Gaiman, this is a thing. This was a one-time thing. Like the next person who doesn't get a signing, like they're not going to be like piling on to say. You, know. you don't think Gaiman's just sitting around waiting for people to be like, "Hey, man, only one person came to my book signing. Can I get a retweet?" <laughs> no, I think he's Might got a. Him. I think he's got like a filter on on Twitter looking for people who got had poor book signings so he could retweet Probably. them. Probably. Yeah, yeah. It's, so he's like the positive version of this. But like, I I would get on Twitter instead of a filter so I could be like. Hey, maybe you shouldn't write books anymore. That's clearly what this means. <laughs> I think I would be somewhere in between. I might think if a, I'm, 
I'll take like what Jim said with about the library, like whether it's a library or not, if there is some sort of a specific reason why a book signing could be valuable to you, then consider doing it. There's a couple of reasons you might want to do a book signing, right? One is if you have a type of a book in a certain genre, like a kid's book, then you're trying to get some traction with a kid's book. It's really hard to market kid's books because you're not marketing to kids, you're marketing to parents. So like li library events, children's bookstore events are one way to do that. It could have some some ROI, maybe that so sort of, especially in the beginning, maybe it'll kickstart it. Like now, once you're selling a lot of books, maybe it stops becoming a big deal, or maybe you're just doing it because you enjoy it. But I think enjoyment is the other reason. So like I, my first book, we had a book launch party and it was physical and we had a bunch of people there and it was a lot of fun and we spent money and we definitely did not make any money because of that thing. But it was an emotional thing. Like it was our first book. And a lot of our friends had been along with the journey. There were a lot of beta readers back then. It was a lot of in-person people. And so it felt really good. But then as our third and fourth book came out, we were like, well, let's, we'll tell people online and we'll do those kinds of things. And one of them, we have an online event, but we didn't do, like we were invited to go to bookstores and we're like, oh, we just don't have time to do it right now. The truth is we probably did have time to do it, but it's like the cost benefit analysis takes the means that we should have used our time and we did use our time for something better or something more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So for those thinking this is a marketing strategy, that is what you can get retweeted and get your book high in the charts. That's like uh, seeing somebody who won the lottery and going, Oh, the lottery is a good strategy. I can, yeah. <laughs> It was also the early adopter advantage. She was the first person to do it. She got it. You guys. I wonder how many copycat tweets there have been since then. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It does also show the power of having a network, though. Like, even though you're not going to get these big name authors in your network necessarily, having other people in your network to just share things for a similar genre is a great way. It's like a newsletter swap, having the same I don't know, similar authors with similar genres, similar audiences that can reshare. That's a good thing. So maybe there's something there. Make that of, oh, oh, I don't even know how I to talk. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to write that down. Can I quote you on that? Three okay. cents per requote. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Okay. Nick, we have saved this next one for you for a couple weeks. So it is evergreen news because it is news of the dictation in 2022. And I know that you are, or I don't know, I don't put words in your mouth. You have been a fan of dictation in the past, I think. And I don't know, I know Jim has played around a little bit of dictation. I've played around a little bit with it. Not done very well at Pippa. I don't know if you have, but yeah. So Nick, as our resident dictation dictator, what is your take on the status of dictation in 2022? My take on the status of dictation is I'm surprised that it doesn't, that there aren't more options. I've, I'm just, I'm surprised like nuance makes dragon dictate, which is the de facto standard, which is great. It works really well. I still use it on Mac, but they've stopped supporting Mac altogether as of, I don't know, 2018, 2019, maybe. Because Nuance was purchased by Microsoft, is my guess, and Microsoft wants no, nothing to do with helping Apple. 
I think. Apple has its own built-in dictation, which actually works really well. And I, again, I think Apple pretty much ripped off Nuance because Apple is the only one that I've found that can handle dictating punctuation. What I, and I'm not saying that it can throw in punctuation. So there's services like Otter and Descript and Google has theirs, which tries its best to put in punctuation, but it fails miserably because it just adds a comma whenever we pause as if that's proper English. And when we're dictating, driving down the road or whatever we're doing, we don't dictate the same way that we're not dictating a final draft. We're dictating a very rough first draft. Um, anyway, and so I want to be able to tell it open quote and have it put open quotes and then a sentence of dialogue, comma, close quote, she said, period, and have it get all of those things. And all of the services except for Apple's dictation and Dragon Dictate can't do it. The problem with Apple Dictation, even though it works just as well as Nuanced, Nuance's version, is that it doesn't have a built-in transcription service. So there, to, the, to date, I've never found a transcription service that uses Apple's built-in dictation. Does that make sense? So you have to dictate right into your... Or I have to dictate live, which means I'm at my computer, which is fine. I just don't like to do that all the time. I like to drive around and record. So I have a pre-recorded SD card full of MP3 files. That you I can install a Mac on. Mini in your car. I was thinking about doing that. Maybe get a Tesla and just replace it with like an iPad or something. <laughs> But so, so that's, to me, that's where this, that's the state. My, my thoughts on the state of dictation are, it's not where it should be. And I don't know why I feel though, that that only means we're going to get a big, robust change in options or influx of new options, perhaps with AI coming, coming of age and things like that. And Apple quietly stealing things from other people and then releasing them as their own fully baked product as the Apple way. I think we're going to get something pretty cool down, down the pike, but I'm just hoping that my my dragon dictate, which does handle transcription offline, used to work on my Mac. The question, of course, is it not where it quote unquote should be, which I agree with that, but because there isn't a market for it. With so many people working from home now, I don't want people to hear my first drafts. Like, I don't want people to see my first drafts. I definitely don't want them to hear my first drafts if we're all working from home. Other people have meetings. What are you saying? Are you saying because we're working from home, we're not dictating? Yeah, I'm wondering if a lot more of people like continuing to work from home might be stymieing the growth of dictation, or if there's something else that is meaning that a ton of authors aren't dictating who we would think would. Yeah, I think look at it this way: like before, really, Kindle, I think, started this whole thing. There weren't really a whole lot of writing-specific apps. I'm not saying there weren't any. But it was Microsoft Word, and then baby, Google Docs was a baby. And then we had Evner pop up and Ulysses. And there's a few more that I tried out that worked pretty well. Storytell or Story something. Anyway, the point is, right now, there, there's only Final Draft. And then there's like the its biggest competitor. I can't remember the name of it. There aren't like a whole slew of script writing softwares. Because while there are plenty of people who write scripts, like there's not really a big market for it. Does it make sense? Where now, because of Kindle and because of eBooks and buying books online and all that, there are so many authors who want to try to stake their claim that the software followed suit. I think that's what's going to happen with this dictation stuff. I mean, working from home or not, we've got the software. Like it, it used to take a lot of really intense programming and 
training to get something like Dragon Dictate. And by the way, I think you're right, Pippa. Like they had, they started out for medical transcriptionists, right? Like they have a whole, and it's actually called Dragon Medical, I think now. So this wasn't for writers, but now that it's easier and cheaper to make software and use tools like neural nets and machine learning, you know, AIs, all that. I don't see why we won't have some smart programmer who just says, all right, I'm going to use Apple's built-in dictation, but it's going to be offline behind the scenes. And then it'll start transcribing. Just, just, I just don't know why it hasn't happened yet, but maybe, yeah, maybe you're onto something. I don't know. I think a lot of it comes down to, like you said, like the demand. So there's a lot of things like we as authors think, gosh, why don't they just do this? There's so many authors that want to do this, but the number of authors compared to the number of people that use computers for other things is so small that it's it, like the like nuance is probably like, it costs us a lot to do it on a Mac versus it's on a PC. So it's like, there's few I mean, authors think, well, most authors use Macs, most author, but most people don't like most other people don't. So it was, when you start taking that little slice of the pie, by the time you get down to it, you're like, well, it's not really worth it doing. We'd have to make a $700 product for an author to make it worth it for us, but no author is going to pay $700. We'll just sell it to Microsoft. Yeah. Jim. I was thinking if, if you out there, listener, have been hesitant to try dictations because of saying the punctuation like Nick was talking about, the first time you say, open quote, Bobby, comma, come over here, comma, close quote, she said, comma, wiping sweat from her brow, period. The first time you do that, it's super weird. And it's weird for about five minutes, and then you get used to it, and it's like you're not even, it's not, a, it's just not a big deal. Like, it seems like it would be a huge roadblock, but it's just a little thing, a little hump you get over and then it feels completely normal. What's great about dictation is like Nick said, you're not doing it all the way through. You can say a sentence and then you can sit there for 30 seconds in silence, thinking of what you exactly how you want to say the next sentence, then you say it and then you can wait another 30 seconds to say the next sentence. But adds 35 commas. Per yeah, second. Google just says comma, comma, <laughs> comma, comma, semicolon, comma, comma. But the other thing Get I want to say- search and replace. The other thing I want to say about dictation is my cautionary tale, and I might have shared this on the show before, but Nick lives about two hours away from me, and a couple years ago, I drove down to see him, and I took the opportunity to dictate the whole way there and I dictated for two solid hours and I don't know what the word count was. It was probably, it was several thousand, four, five, 6,000 probably in a couple hours. I was cooking that day. And then I went and had lunch with Nick, got in the car on the way back to dictate some more, oh, turned on my thing and the card had corrupted and I lost everything. So I have not touched dictation since and I probably never will again. <laughs> but, wow. So there's your cautionary tale, just uh, be careful. Somebody needs, nice to come up with a, yeah, somebody needs to come up with a redundancy system for a voice recorder. Yeah, you didn't just think it's all uphill from here. We're just like, <laughs> nope, never again. So We're done. Now I use not two some... voice recorders in tandem. <laughs> Nick, you brought up AI, and I've tried Dragon a little bit, and I do still sometimes play around with it, mostly for nonfiction, just to get into the groove of it, but because it's... Like Jim said, it's a little bit challenging for me to get into the open quote, close quote, that kind of stuff. But they're speaking of AI, Nick, there I saw just this morning our friend Kevin McLaughlin posted that he's been playing around with Open AI Playground, which mm -hmm. is which does give you the ability to just dump in your voice recording and it's doing he says it's doing he's still new for him, 
but he says he's seen promising results because the AI aspect of it is able to interpret some of the things a little bit better than just transcribing. I didn't know Playground did that. I'm on Playground right now. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to, to see. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in the Dragon Writer Writers group on Facebook, I think he posted it in there. So a couple no, of starter not. little starter tips. Yeah. It, so as far as the nuts and bolts go, I just it's a little self promo here. I did a video, a YouTube video, where I talk about this, the process I use, the equipment, the setup. We're not talking about nuts and bolts because there's no time on the show to get into that. But if, if you're listening and you're interested, you're like, how do I actually do this? What are you talking about? A handheld recorder. What about something over the ear? I'll talk about all that in the video. So if you want to check that out, I'll link to that in, in the notes and we can, yeah. And you can go from there. That sounds great. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Let's jump to the third news item of the day, which I found to be a positive news item, although many people are seeing it as a negative. Yeah. There have been big changes to our author pages on Amazon. If you haven't looked at your own author page or somebody else's author page, then you should definitely take a look out there, our dear listener, because gone are the videos that you have uploaded, might have uploaded, and the links to your blog posts. And now there's a, what I think is a better way, a better experience for readers to find your books. So if they find yourself on your page, then it's much easier for them to see your popular books and you can even buy them with one click right there from your author page. So it's pretty cool. Have you guys checked them out? Just now. <laughs> oh, nice. What do you think? I like it. Yeah. It would be a little, it would be nice if there was an author photo or something like more of a header. Yeah. But it's still changing. It's, it's, nice. it's, it looks a little bit different today than it did last like four or five days ago yeah. when this first was announced. So things are still flowing out. I think it looks cleaner. I don't know if this is going to change much for my bottom line. Amazon will will task a developer to remake a page, task a developer to do three months worth of work reworking a page if it gets 0.0001% higher conversion. Amazon, I, their website is baffling to me because it is the ugliest, most messy website and they're the best in the business at converting. I don't know how they do that. Every sales page has a million leaks all over it but they're the best in the business at getting people to convert. I don't understand it. It's getting people to convert to something, not necessarily our book. So like when they go to our book page and they see our book and they have all these promotions and they have all these other links to other things, like Amazon's like, as long as it's linking to something else within Amazon that somebody might want to buy even more than your book, they don't care. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think, Nick? I think it's cool. It's uh, the kind of thing we wanted from day one. You remember that like, out of focus, terrible ping graphic of the girl holding the books, like looking back at the camera? That's what Author Central had on its homepage for, I don't know, 50 years. And I remember emailing them early on and being like, hey, you guys ever going to update this? I'll be your author. I have a better picture than that. Like, <laughs> they took it with a cool pics camera when the Ashton Kutcher, like oh, whatever yeah. that was called. That's what it looked like. It was a small company. I understand Amazon doesn't have a ton of money, so I, I get it. But it was no, nice of them I mean, to finally listen fine, to you. Nice of them to finally listen to you. Yeah, I'm glad they did. I, this is It's just funny. It just cracks me up because I'm like, yeah, this is going to do absolutely nothing as far as bottom line for any author. For every single one of them, it's just going to be exactly the same. But, uh, but we freak out about it because it's Amazon. Oh my God, they made a change. They updated this. 
yeah, they made it like relevant to what it should have looked like 15 years ago. Finally, this doesn't mean that it's like up to date now. I'm waiting for them to have a way for me to control what my author page looks like, you know? So cool, yeah. I guess. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure what's going to happen because I'm was not i not privy to any insider information other than to say I spoke with Brian Cohen yesterday who said big things are coming and because he is privy to some of these things. He's like an insider program as a at one of the official advertising partners for Amazon. So he just said, stay tuned, big things are coming. So doesn't know exactly what. That's not really fair, though, because I think anybody can sit here and just say big things are coming and then big things are coming, Nick. Uh, okay. And then what's going to happen? Like some, something big will come and he'll be like, yes, yeah, I predicted that. No, I think it's more specific than that. But just because you hate oh, Brian so doesn't mean you, just because you hate Brian <laughs> doesn't mean that like, you're privy to some stuff. You're holding back on us is what you're doing. Am I? Am I? Yeah, clearly you are. <laughs> can't prove anything. Put up or shut up. What's coming? Let's know. Let's figure it out. Big things. Pay attention. Listen to this. Why don't you listen to the Sell More Book Show? Because he goes into a little more detail there. I want to put words in his mouth. Well, I do. But it's only Thursday. We're here to distill the news. I know. Yeah. Overthink. Distill. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a positive thing. And especially the mobile experience is much better. So if you take a look on your phone later on, it's it's quite a, a better experience. The... I always found that the blog posts were a distraction. So unless, especially like if you haven't, don't write blog posts very often, it makes it very apparent when somebody goes there, oh, this guy with this, the guy wrote this nonfiction book and he has a blog that he hasn't updated in four years because it has the date right there, like when your last blog post was. And so this is definitely an experience there. One of the other things in the second link that I talked about, what posted in there that's going to be in the show notes is the... There's a new, like a book recommendation feature that you can access through the Author Central as well, which allows, it asks you a couple of questions. And based on those questions, you recommend a book of your own or a book of somebody else's. I would recommend somebody in a similar genre. And those will show up on your author page as your recommendations. So if somebody does land on your author page, or if you want to share it, I think once that is available, that's something that you could actually share. You can say, here's some of my book recommendations. And it gives you a reason to share your author page, because that I think is one of the biggest reasons that I find the author page changes underwhelming is because people don't really go there. In my opinion, I don't, I very rarely go to an author page. Like I go, I type in their name. If I'm looking for somebody's books, I don't go to their author page. I type in there in the search bar and find them that way. And, or I go to their website to see like the reading order. Cause you could, it's almost impossible to tell the reading order from Amazon. So maybe that'll change. So maybe the Amazon's going to do something more to make it more author page mm-hmm. friendly. Maybe we could, if you don't have a series of books, but you have a lot of books, Maybe this is an opportunity to send people to your author page rather than send people to a series page with an advertisement. I don't know. So I think it's good news that it's better. There was a lot of disturbance in the force over the last couple of months as the author page looked worse and worse. And now suddenly it's better. They cleaned up a lot of that old crap because I had so many like remainders and leftovers and things. There's a period where I had written 
books in different genres and I organize them so that all the thrillers are under my name and my post-apoc stuff is under a different name. But I would took the books down, changed the name, got new ISBN so I could get different paperbacks and everything and moved everything, did it all by the book. So I had a new pen name with old books re put on this new pen name, but they would still show up on my old author central. Like it's got a, it doesn't say Jim Heskett, it says J E Heskett, but it's on Jim Heskett's author page. And I was always like, I hope nobody's coming here because it's <laughs> confusing. I hope this is not, isn't how people are shopping for my books because you scroll through that carousel. There's all kinds of crap there. Like reseller paperbacks that are like $500 show up in my author carousel. I'm like, this crap shouldn't be here. I don't want somebody to go there and think my book costs $500. So don't devalue yourself, Jim. Anybody wants to pay me $500 per book, you can. But just don't pay those people who are charging $500 because they're laundering money. Yeah, probably. I thought they were trying to like game algorithms or something. Maybe. You know, so then when they drop it down, then it looks like a great deal. I don't know. Like there was a whole spate of that went on and I have no idea. I don't know. Um, One of my books was up to $2,000 once. That was cool. But yeah, I hope no one bought it. Cause... <laughs> Going on like, please do not buy my yeah. book for that, but I will yeah. send you a PDF. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I think my book is worth like a couple hundred dollars, but not a couple thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Anything, any other opinions on this uh, before we, uh, we sign off? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the, we have one more show next week. So it's sort of a cruise at the end of the year and there's been some big things for this year. So it'll be interesting to, to talk about some of those things, but until next week, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you online or in person at a book signing. All book signing. Just go to your neighborhood, local book signing store and I'll be there. <laughs> I'm doing book signings every day this month. Every store. And I don't need book store. For my book signing, just go until you hit snow and then keep going. When you need to go That's fill up your car with petrol, you walk into that store. I'll be there signing books. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in Southern California visiting my family right now. If you see me like walking to a local coffee shop, I will have a couple books to sign in my backpack. So just honk and I'll, I'll wave you to a safe place and we'll transaction. <laughs> Somebody be like, like a legitimate you business like, endeavor. I hope so. I hope so. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. I'm on the internet. You can find me there. Yeah. I'm on the internet as well. Hey, we're all and buried in snow. Oh yeah. So Pip is not on the internet until her uh, her uh, router gets uncovered with snow, probably. Jim, are you on the internet? I think it was set up correctly then. When I have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. We it's are not an enthusiastic face. I know. Yeah, this is a low key episode, a low energy episode. But to be fair, you started out by going, "Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. negative twelve outside. It's hard." I to mean, muster. I guess we'll just talk about the news and shit. So. I know. I know. Uh, what do you have to say about that? And then you want me to come in and be like, "Oh, let me tell you all about transcription dictation." <laughs> I'm matching, bro. I'm matching. I know. What our list, what our listeners don't realize probably is that everyone here and Pippa, what's the temperature there? Because I know Nick and Jim are like in the negative the it's below about zeros. Negative 10. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we have this weird apocalyptic 
winter warning for tonight. That's don't drive. If you do drive, you will die. (laughs) You'll get stranded and you'll die. (laughs) Okay. I can't figure out how to turn off updates from my doorbell. So my doorbell likes to tell me all about the weather and like (laughs) sexual predators and and all kinds of things. I can't turn it off. And so I'm like, I guess it's going to be cold. Is That's it how I telling you that the snow is yeah. it like sensing the snow falling in front of the, the camera. I think it's just hooked up to like next door or something. And so it just tells me all the things <laughs> that I already I'm like, I already know it's going to be cold because I'm not an idiot. Thank you, doorbell. Thank but it's, you. hey, I want you to know it's going to be cool. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Author News Weekly. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>